welcome again. Welcome again. Okay, so we're reviewing The French Dispatch, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Um, the first obvious question is, are you a Wes Anderson fan? Huge. Are you? Since when? Since all of his films, except for the very first one, which I think was The Royal Tenenbaums, when right. I thought, who is this upstart? Right. But ever since then, I got into the Wes Anderson way of thinking, slowly, maybe slowly, gradually. Yeah. And then with each one, I've become more and more of a fan. You see, I, I'm, I wouldn't describe myself as an out-and-out -out fan. No, I um, wouldn't describe you as one no, either. Uh, bizarrely, one of my favourite films of his is The Fantastic Mr Fox. Oh, I love Fantastic. Yeah, I, like, I, I almost like don't put that with Wes Anderson. Yeah, I mean, Isle of Dogs was his most recent one, and I, I struggled a bit oh, with no, that. I yeah, you that. liked it. Uh, I struggled. The Grand Budapest Hotel, I really liked Ray Fiennes in it, uh, and there were moments in it. Moonrise Kingdom, not a massive fan. The Darjeeling Limited, not a massive fan. And The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, not a massive fan. And that's odd because I'm an enormous Bill Murray fan. Yeah, it was that that put me onto him. I thought right. that was the most amazing. I'd never seen anything like it, put it right. that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, so this new one is The French Dispatch. Is it, just going back to the inspiration and source material. Which I'm is, so big on. You're so big on. Tell us what this is inspired by. It's based on two things for Wes Anderson. The actual magazine is based on The New Yorker. And, okay. we're, and we're only supposed to get that in the fact that it's obviously not called the New Yorker, but the yeah, print yeah. and everything, everything about the magazine New looking, is the New it? Yorker. I'll pop an and, image up here. and he was so, um, it was, he was addicted to it. He got every okay. weekly issue. And having had a, a, a period of doing that myself, I can understand that. You do right. get addicted to it. So there's that aspect of it. Oh my God. And what was the other aspect? Oh, in French. He's, he loves all things French. Oh, and he right. so what he wanted to do was tell a French an ordinary French town story from through a magazine that had the sort of features like New Yorker. the New Yorker and the characters. Right. So, for example, just just to say, like the Bill Murray character who plays the editor, editor there was an editor. Not yeah, yeah, called. Yeah. None of them are called exactly the same. They're not names. based on real people, but it's inspired by. Inspired by. And in a sense, structurally, it's also inspired by the way in which a magazine is laid out. Exactly. Isn't it? Which I exactly. Like. Okay, so Wes Anderson, it's it's got an astonishing, astonishing cast. Uh, includes Benicio del Toro, first Adrian first Brody, time. Tilda Swinton, Le Leia Sidhu, uh, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Jeffrey Wright, Stephen Park, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson. I mean, you could keep reading as well. There's so many people in this. It's almost like, you know, really quality actors clamour to be included in Wes Anderson. A bit like people used to with a Woody Allen. Do you know that sort of thing? Yeah, that similar actually, that's casting true. Casting desirability. If you're oh, asked to be in a Wes Anderson, it's really I hadn't thought of Woody Allen, but you're yeah. right, yeah. I mean, people have been in lots of them, but then some new to the fold, yeah. like Benicio. But then they'll become, they'll come probably regulars. This film is essentially like a series of short stories, but they're, they're short articles. Um, and they're all essentially told both about and also from the perspective of th sort of three or four different journalists. They're like three or four reporters. Uh, they head off into their story. And what happens with each story is Wes Anderson takes, on takes us off on a sort of almost hallucinogenic journey through both the journalists, their involvement with the story, the story itself and the characters from each story. Well put. Yeah. And in a weird way, that is all you need to know about the structure yeah. of the film. Because I don't want to give away... It's not really a film about what happens to people no, either, is no, it? No, no, no. The first story being told was about the artist Benicio del Toro. Which was hysterical. Yeah. I... <laughs> How would you describe the story? I mean, he's, a, he's an incarcerated, imprisoned, uh, psychotic, murdering artist. Oh, my God. my eye. Yeah. Um, Adrian Brody. Now, can I just say, Adrian Brody, I, I know the pianist and all that. I thought he was sensational. He was. This, he was. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sort of... He was also an inmate who then becomes an art dealer. Yeah. 
Um, it was already an art dealer, but did something wrong, yeah. then it goes to prison and then starts to bid exactly. for Exactly. And Benicio del Toro, it's a, I mean, for me, the first story is about the lunacy of the art world. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. What, what did you get from that first story? That well, that basically, the lunacy of the art world. But because, I mean, where he's so clever, Wes Anderson, is that so much of what's going on on screen, and again, this I suppose this does come down to the actors. It's why he's so spot on mm. with his actors. It can be sort of like a dynamic yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And it's utterly hysterical. Mm. I mean, there is a thing with him, and I did think halfway through this film, I thought that first sequence was the strongest one, the art one, um, because everybody's acting their socks off, and mm. it's so clearly about the art world. I'm a huge fan, absolutely every film, except for the very first one, but I did think some people won't like this at all. Oh, I think most people won't like it. Do you think oh, that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I, I, big caveat I'll give at the front here. I think the vast majority of people will hate it. It's incredible. I mean, it's brilliantly written it's brilliantly done it's brilliantly executed but the it's incredibly i think a lot of people will find it very pretentious yeah pretentious is a difficult one isn't it, it is a difficult one because against. sometimes things are called pretentious when they're just a bit impenetrable and a bit intellectual this is a very intellectual film in many regards and yet at the same time what i like about this film is it's intellectual but it's also really stupid and really slapstick yeah at the same time yeah I mean, how he manages to pull that off i don't quite know I think the quality of the actors. Um, Benicio del Toro. I think this is one of his most <laughs> astonishing performances. It is. It is. He. I mean, he apparently sits. he and Adrian Brody loves each other so Do much by the oh, end of it lovely. that when Brody kisses his head, oh, I that see, was in the me film. I thought you meant in no, real no, life. no, in real life. Oh, in they real do. life. Yeah, they do now because oh. Benicio's been inducted into the Wes Anderson world. Right. Okay. Well, I thought Benicio del Toro. I mean, he, he was the master of under underperformance. Yes. I mean, it was with his eyes. Yeah. What about the scene where there's the electric chair? Yes. And he yes. gets one and then he quickly gets out. I mean, but I never had Benicio Del Toro down as a sort of slapstick, physically no. comedic actor. And yet it works. It he works so, so well. well. I mean, I can't stress enough. If you don't actually get on with the film, please persist with the Benicio Del Toro story. It's the first sequence as well, so you're more likely to sort of go... I mean, it's a mean, terrible thing to say, you know. I'm not saying leave it after no. that. But for example, jumping ahead... We moved from that, which I could see was keeping, you know, and I, I'm in the cinema with all types of viewers yes. and an age range of yes. viewers. Uh, I knew you'd be enjoying it a lot. I really enjoyed the, the art scene. And I mean, you know, little touches like Henry Winkler, the, the Fonz. Henry saying, Winkler. He's saying, can you see the woman? No, I can't see the woman. And yes. everybody goes, that's the point. You know, it's all <laughs> this kind of very quick-witted stuff about yeah. contemporary art and how potentially shit it is and all that kind of Bob stuff. Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban playing the other art, yeah. art sort of collector. Critics. I mean, one of the things you can't fault with the Wes Anderson film is the cinematography, or more specifically... The production design. I mean, never before yeah. has a particular filmmaker been so engaged with the art of set design and production design. Honestly. But not just production design. His his structure of sets is a little bit like... Do you remember the pop-up books you'd get? Yeah. And you'd have all the different layers. Very and good example. And and easily you could destroy them by putting your hand through Yeah. It. And there's one scene, I think it comes in one of the later films, where the camera moves through the set. It moves, moves through a physically built two-dimensional yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, in this one, it was interesting to see him using a much more mobile camera. Still observing the symmetry. Yeah. But it was, it was tracking a lot. It was dollying a lot. It was zooming a lot. There was a lot of movement in a weird way from yeah. the camera for, for Wes Anderson. I've got a weakness in art generally for freezes in yeah. the sense of the camera following something along. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. why I liked old boys so much in the past. Sure. Something fighting, fighting in old yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah. But he does that all the time. He takes the thing yeah. along, along, along. And I can't get enough of that. No, one, we can't sort of talk about the art section without saying, mentioning Tilda Swinton. What did you think? Oh, Tilda yes. Swinton? She was the, a sort of like art lecturer. The ultimate the critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she like was it? great. I did, and and the thing is that he, I felt each person that he took, um, 
They're examples of people. I mean, we we know people like that. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they're all caricatures, and yet they're all real. Yeah, it's frightening. And Tilda Swinton, more, almost more than any. Yeah, because Maddie always uses the, uh, describes films that have too many stars that are too sort of weighed yeah. down by a sort of star laden cast as as not working because they're all kind of trying to outcompete each other. I think what's clever about this film is he avoided that because they're all kind of almost home, you know they're all held in, yeah, and hemmed into certain stories. Where the film became a real challenge for me was in the Timothy Chalamet. Now, yeah. I know that the younger viewers that were there with us uh, could have watched him every minute Forever. of the day. And there were moments, actually, in his story, which he was in, where I thought it was really rich. Yeah, and it Francis... was written, apparently, the part for him. Well, you could tell that, because yeah. he was brilliant. He was. I thought Francis McDormand is the journalist in this, and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but there was something about the story that I just didn't care, even in the weird, whacked-out mm, world of Wes Anderson. Mm. I didn't care. I, I do get what you mean. It's a sort of yeah. story about political extremism, about students or protest. But it's a story of the of the student riots in Paris. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's historically based. It's May sixty eight and all that. May sixty eight is you know when the students mm. took up the. Um, but I didn't care. Slabs. No, not even with Shyamalan doing his 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 bits. I thought he was brilliant, and again, yeah. I, what I loved was discovering that Chalamet can do comedy. He can he can do a lot, can't he? he really actually, can. That boy. He's, because he's a sophisticated young chap. He, he is. He's he even is, growing yeah. a little bit hair on his top lip. Um, <laughs> with a cigarette. Or Frances McDormand oozes just watchability whenever she's yeah. on. So again, it, I felt a little bit of fidgetiness going on with that Did one. You? It became very sort of bogged down by pseudo political doctrine. Literally, he's writing a doctrine and. And I think it could have done with a bit less of that and kind of honed in a bit more on the on the kind of weirdness of his relationship with Francis McDormand. I found that a bit, I just find it creaked a little bit there. I, I agree with most of that, but the only thing I disagree with is that I think he had to cut off that, mm. that as he did, mm. by Shyamalan saying, you know, I'm a virgin too, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they had to throw it over his shoulder, otherwise yeah. people would have accused it, the whole thing of being weird. You know, it's almost like a triptych. If you park Owen Wilson's yeah. moment at the front, it's a triptych of stories. And in between each story, you return back to And the there's French an obituary dispatch. at the end. There's an obituary So three stories and an obituary. Yeah. Yeah. The private dining room of the police commissioner of the last oh one. Oh my god yes that for a minute I was thinking what's the third one? So this is essentially the story of a reporter Jeffrey Wright he's the journalist as well yeah talking about his experience of a chef and a detective who's a connoisseur of food. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright you're most probably most people will know from Westworld. Yes but the James Baldwin thing is that he says that when Wes Anderson asked him to be in it, he said it's, and he said, well, what's the character before we read the script and all of that? And he said, well, it's sort of half James, James Baldwin, Baldwin and half the best food critic of something, something, yes. something. In other words, split straight down the middle. I mean, James Baldwin wasn't a food critic. No, no, no. So what he does is he melds that whole sort of thing. There is some gorgeous, I don't know how people are into shots. I mean, there's the one that I've talked about for the me, tracking. which is the tracking which I think is stunning, but also his 360-degree pans where he does that Well, thing he does where... a 360-degree pan where he whip pans it to each of them. Yeah. Whip, whip, whip. I love all that. Yeah, no, it's good. And but... I love Jeff... I mean, I am a huge fan well, of Well, I'm Jeffrey not Wright. a huge fan of Jeffrey Wright. Oh, but I find him in mo fan. No, and like in James Bond, I find he delivers this really kind of... Uh, now, I think for me, this is his best ever role. So I thought he was down. sensational. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was. I thought he captured that James Baldwin. And, and, and so, if you're a Jeffrey Wright fan, you're going to be absolutely thrilled with this. I thought he was pretentious. He was a wanker. He was sort of and all this. Yeah. And then the story that he's because he's the journalist for the French Dispatch yeah. who goes in and tells the story of meeting this police commissioner who kind of does all of his detective work based upon the you know it's all around yeah. food, isn't it? This wonderful food that he served. And also, it's taking the Mickey out of as was the first one with art. That's probably why, as you say, the middle sequence doesn't sit in no. the sense of 
It's not taking the mickey out of anything, no. is it? Whereas the last one is taking the it mickey is. out it's of food. It's kind of taking the mickey out of student, student. aspiration and, and the you know the way in which students all start squabbling amongst themselves. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. True. But I thought this was a great skit on food. It was. And the lunacy of it. It was, it yeah. was. I mean, it reminded me at times of some of the things that Nick Cage's film Pig was doing. I was just going to say, but let's not forget Pig, because that was also a huge... Yeah, yeah. So did you like this section of the film? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I loved every bit of this film. I sort of, I felt embraced by it. I, I am a sort of literal watcher of his films, and the fact that it was based on The New Yorker, and almost every every bit of the screen was of interest mm, to me mm. that uh, and i mean i just love i them. mean he is he's very much a director who i mean the, the reason i think the girls really like like isle of dogs and the fantastic mr fox is in any given shot so many things are going on in the shot yeah that's and what I, I mean yeah, yeah and actually. i was noticing that just in in you know many of the, just the very sort of nondescript normal shots in this he's parking extras he uses extras he has people standing there i mean there are a couple of scenes that no one caught where there's an extra just standing there looking at the camera yeah just in the bottom of shot and and so there's always something going on so he's you know if you're if you're into cinema and visuals for the sake of them He's your man because it's he going is. on all the bloody time. He is, and also, I mean, what, what I've read about it is where they found this town eventually. Going, he did an Owen Wilson. Mm. He went round on a bike until he found a town that looked old and that looked beautiful. But then it looked all these things. But then they built another set, mm. and it, he kept on building sets. I mean, he's absolutely he's like bonkers. a nutcase. I just meant sorry to just pull in what you said. Then there's a gorgeous shot where he sort of pulls back and he has the, has the uh, people lined up like that, and he. The shot takes you. I don't yes. know what these shots are called, but it, the shot takes it you into the, all the way down them, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, into the village. He's masterful at being able to be sort of the pyrotechnics of cinema, of set design, of collapsible set design, moving through sets, composition. Mm. All of this stuff is going going mad. Music is really clever. Um, his editing is crisp and beautiful. I would say that this film fell short for me for the same reason so many of his films do. That if you're a film fan who likes an emotional contingent to your film, or or a sort of human truth. Or, or I know a what you're saying. Soul, yeah. You're never going to get that from. You don't get any of that from this. Film, so what you're saying is, it has no heart. It has no heart. It has no heart. And so in that sense, it's a kind of Rubik's cube, yeah, or an Escher painting, yeah, or an Escher drawing or illustration of. You marvel at the complexity of what he's pulled off. Yeah, you it's absolutely true. Marvel at the cleverness of, of what he's pulling off. But my human engagement was. He always does that to me, and that frustrates me. Yeah. But at the same time, in saying that, I think if you had that heart it would be misplaced in a Wes Anderson film because he wouldn't be able to do all the other stuff. That's very true. I mean, I didn't think of that while I was watching it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I do like to sort of watch films that are emotional. I mean, yeah. goodness me, I do. But it, when you say it, when you describe it like that, that's absolutely true. There is no heart. You don't feel no. it. Ga but no. but well, it, I'm repeating what you said, but you, you wouldn't have all those no. bits and pieces no. if you didn't have. You know, there are moments like when there's the obituary for the editor. Uh, and they cut to the first wide in the office, and you just see his dead feet yes, just on the table. Yes, you know, there's no yeah. kind of it. Very funny. He's got he's got incredibly incredible comic bones, he and has. he achieves that by some of the most subtle editing choices. So he'll go from uh, the wide right. to another wide, and before you know, you go, oh my god, there's dead feet, and you laugh. Yeah, so it's a very creative approach to editing, and I loved all the sequences with all the you know what's her name, the the actress that you love from The Handmaid's Tale, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. You know, she was very good. She was in it very briefly. I mean, things that he knows that, I mean, of course he would know he's the director, but he always places her on the side of a group. Yeah. I mean, which is so apt. I can't, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know why yeah. it is, but it is. Yeah. And sort of things like that, his choices are so sort yeah. of, but then again, I mean, as I'm talking like this, I'm starting to think maybe one 
Maybe I loved it partly so much because I've loved each one more and more. Okay, well, well, sum up and score it. Yeah, well, I did love it. I loved it. And even even considering it had no heart, I mean, some of the... I can't even say some of the bits had heart because they didn't. No. Um, but, no, I mean, I just love him. I love the... I'm, I'm absolutely gripped. I'm f and I'm fascinated. Now, I know like a sort of a bit of language of film, but I don't know lots and lots of language, yeah, yeah. but he he just plays with my brain. And I think, oh, what's that? I've never seen that before. That's interesting. That's mm. interesting. Plus, you get the story. And the New Yorker, which it is based on, is full of sort of these ridiculous stories, mm. which are sort of, you know, in themselves, a little works of art, yeah, but go art. nowhere, go yeah, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this is. I thought the, the middle sequence was the least successful, but but Timothy Shyamalan, excellent. Um but, but no, I mean, I absolutely love him. I wonder as we're talking like this, though, and thinking of what the girls said about, well, about the dog film, which I loved far I more than, dogs, yeah. yeah, and Maddie did, didn't she? Mm. And Fantastic Mr. Fox. If his sort of utter skill might be shown off more with cartoons or, or animation, animation, because you don't so much have to worry about the heart of the, the thing, do you think? Yeah, yeah, Maybe? True. Oh, what would I give it? Um, I'm not even going to go with a point. I'm going to go to 94. Okay, fine. Okay, no decimal points no, today. No. Okay, so as I said, I'm I've not been I'm not I've not not been a Wes Anderson fan. I can recognise how good he is and how brilliant he is and all that kind of stuff. He just hasn't floated my boat in the no. same way that he has done for a lot of other people who are into film and into cinema. And he's kind of like the go-to for a cinephile, isn't he? It's yeah, like you've, you've got to love Wes Anderson. That's not why I don't. I just I struggle. I do like a sort of emotional contingent to a film. Yeah, even if there's style in it, even if it's about threat, even if it's about violence, if it's about male psychology, female psychology, whatever. Um, this isn't about psycho you know he's never interested in what's going on really in the head of his characters they're all a little bit like with Hitchcock they're all kind of warm props that he wants to put in curious positions yeah. and in relation yeah. to each other that's not to say there isn't some obviously there's some emotion I mean look at Frances McDormand for example she was very emotive in it um, but for me and this is the turnaround on this mm. I think this was the best Wes Anderson I've seen okay I think it fully captivated me it made me laugh out loud it did sag in the middle, but Timothy Chalamet held, held that just about Yeah, he did, me. didn't he? Um, I was entertained. It was visually just so stimulating and sumptuous. As I just said, it's hysterical. I thought some of his observations also about the art world, about food, food. about life. There were observations, philosophical thoughts. Oh, there too. yeah, philosophy. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Philosophical thoughts. And I, I had a thumping good time. Oh, good. Oh, I did. And, and I wasn't I expecting did. to. I no. was going in. And, and here's the big, big tip, guys. Kiki adored it. Did She's she? 14. She yeah. adored it. Maddie loved it. Nadia was a bit tired and she does tend to always fall asleep at the cinema, but what she saw, she utterly adored. Oh, okay. And she was tired for other reasons. It wasn't because it was boring. So it was a win-win for all of us. Yeah. So get what I would say, uh, listener, watcher, is is it it does verge on potentially being pretentious. Mm. I think to the vast majority of people it will be pretentious. But there are moments in it that are just fucking hysterical. Yeah. Really hysterical. Really hysterical. hysterical. He takes them... Woody Allen's a good grab because Woody Allen's can be intellectual but funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, I hadn't thought of Woody Allen. Of course, Woody Allen's now got this sort of yeah, pull over him. But, Allen, but he yeah. was an excellent filmmaker yeah, and people queued up to be in his films. Yeah, yeah. So in that respect, yes, he's probably the best. Oh, so what would I give it? What would you give it? Well, for the, for the experience of going to the cinema, I'd give it 95. Same as me, more or less. Yeah, a bit more yeah. though. <laughs> For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.